Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, Pete Cox, and with me, I have none other than the creator and co-host of the Raw Sex Podcast himself, Dominique Marks. Yo, y'all make sure y'all checking out Raw Sex Podcast every Friday. Had great episodes, just put out a great one last week. We're going to have a lot of great things coming up, man. We had some great guests over the last few weeks. So make sure y'all going and checking Raw Sex Podcast out. Also, make sure you're going on Twitter. The handle is now R-A-W-S-X-X Podcast. That's right. Yeah, we took the E out of it. Make sure y'all go and check that out. Get to his link tree. All the links on there. Check that out. Make sure you do it. Like we say on Damo's show, support is free. So make sure y'all go support that. Share, subscribe, whatever. Raw Sex every Friday. And of course, you can always find us on VaultClassicPod.com. Once again, that's VaultClassicPod.com. You can go there to check out all of our episodes, as well as all of our back catalog, the guests that we've had on our shows, the store. Make sure you're going to the store to cop the merchandise. We are now into fall. And as we see the weather over here in the States and some of y'all, of course, internationally, starting to get a little bit hairy now to head into the fall season. So make sure you're going to VaultClassicPod.com backslash store to get your hoodies, your long sleeve tees, your sweaters, your hats, beanies, all that. Make sure you go check us out there on the store and cop some merch to make sure that you support. And we always want to give a thanks to the fans and thank y'all for continuing to support us. We have a great end of the year lined up and we want y'all to continue to support and keep spreading the word out there because obviously your support makes sure that we keep the vault open for many years to come. As we always say here on the vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics and MBTC. And today, Damo is one of three albums we'll be covering from this great day in hip hop, September 29th, 1998. As I mentioned in one of my earlier bonus episodes on this date, there were five albums that were released on September 29th, 1998, and they all had some sort of significance to them during that time. Talked about it, how it was such an anticipated day because of all those releases. And of course, we can't cover all of them all at the same time. So this will be one of three that we'll be doing official episodes on. And the other one, we will have a, I want to say a live chat that we have coming up about the other album. But this first one that we're talking about from September 29th, 1998, is none other than the third studio album by Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Recorded between December 97 and August of 1998 at D&D Studios, Sony Music Studios, Manhattan Center Studio, and Quad Studios in New York City. With a runtime of 61 minutes and 43 seconds on Rockefeller and Def Jam Records. The producers on this, executive producers Dame Dash, Bigsburg, and Jay-Z himself. Producers producing beats on here. Irv Gotti, Kid Capri, Jermaine Dupri, the Mark the 45 King. DJ Premier, Eric Sermon, Stevie J, Swiss Beats, Timberland, Rottweiler, and Daryl Pop Trotter. And a bit of change in their production style from the previous album, which was Volume 1 in my lifetime demo, where we had a little bit more of a, I would say, jiggy sound. It definitely was trying to follow in the success that Bad Boy had in 1997. This album took a little bit more of an edge to it, I would say. It was a little bit more of a return, I guess you would say, to the streets in some sense, in a lot of ways. All these producers produced tracks on this album. 
The single is from Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Can I Get a released August 22nd, 1998. Also was on the Rush Hour soundtrack, the first Rush Hour movie. Hard Knock Life, Ghetto Anthem, released October 17th, 1998. Money Cash Hose, released December 18th, 1998. And the last single, Nigga What? Nigga Who, originated in 99, released March 1st, 1999, for Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. This album was an album that it actually became Jay-Z's first album to debut number one on the Billboard 200, and also became eventually became his best-selling album. Eventually, this album is now certified five times platinum, and 2000 is now on the verge of being six times platinum. He has not had an album that has sold as many copies as this one since. So it's been 25 years and think about all the albums that have come out. The Blueprint, the Black Album, 444, American Gangster, even the comeback one of Kingdom Come, all the other Blueprints. None of them have sold as much as Volume 2. This is the album, (laughs) most notably, Damo, that he said, commonly I want to rap like Common Sense, but I sold 5 mil, I ain't been rhyming like Common Sense. (laughs) This was the album that made him do that. A lot of other accolades as well. The album won a Grammy Award for Best Rap Album. He also boycotted the Grammys that year by saying that he was boycotting it due to the fact of the Grammys continuing disrespect for hip-hop and that they were not going to broadcast the rap nominations. He told MTV, I'm boycotting the Grammys because two major rap artists continue to be overlooked. Rappers deserve more attention from the Grammy committee and from the whole world. If it's got a gun, everybody knows about it, but we go on a world tour, no one knows. That was his words back then. Now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So, Damo, I'm actually going to start with you. So, Volume 2, Hard Not Life. This drops right around the beginning of my junior year. And right around the time, i say maybe your sophomore year. And I remember that date in particular when this came out because it was all the hubbub about everything that was coming out that day. But in particular, folks in our school, everybody was kind of on this joint when it was getting ready to come out. Because, of course, we all heard the Can I Get a during the summertime we first before we first got to school. And this was like his Jay-Z's third album. We wanted to see what he was going to do next. So take us back to where you were during that time and what your thoughts were about the album once you listened to it back then. And listening to it this week, what you think now? Ooh, back then, you know, he had this thing. And I get up and get that John Wayne with the demo on there. And we, we fuck with it. And then the album came. We, you know, it's young. Back in high school, you know, you think it's hit. And it, was, it ended up being a whole, what, three, four, three, four singles on it that was smashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, I think, you know, even back then, we all loved uh, Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. because of who the features that was on there. Oh, yeah. So, are, you, are you listening to that, John? Right? I think that might have been the go to, especially with us, all of us trying yeah. to be rappers back then. So oh. it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. It definitely was. Yeah. You think you. Hey, you listen to that, Joe. You thought you were hit, get a posse catch yourself. Like, hold on. Mm-hmm. I got some shit I can say. Right. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that nigga can't rap. So let's go ahead. Let's put the, open up these books. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to just see it on the table for y'all. Let y'all go ahead and do y'all thing. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Of course. Yeah. But listening to it then, I ain't going to like that. I listened to, listen to the album this week uh, twice since B told me about that, that we were doing this album. And I ain't gonna lie, I think we overhyped it. That don't, don't sound like a classic to me now. Mm-hmm. True. It sounds like I was like, hey, it's, it's like those four smashes. Mm-hmm. Those four smashes are those four smashes. Mm-hmm. That's it. But then they, they don't even be putting the Reservoir Dogs in one of the smashes. Us hip hop heads 
yeah. put Reservoir Dogs as a smash shit on it. We might even put that as like one of the best songs on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it probably would be even better if you take Star's money on it. I'm off. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nah, it's. <laughs> Well, for me, yeah, man, it's it's that sauce money verse on there. It's like to me, I thought sauce money shined on Bring It On, and after that, I didn't hear him shine. Other than that, you know what I'm saying on Bring It On mm-hmm. on, on on Reasonable Doubt. After that, really, really impressed by what I heard from Sauce Money. Yeah, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I was like, ooh, I said this sauce money. I was like, I thought, I was like, nah, this ain't it. Mm, yeah. From then, I could see us thinking it was a classic then, and. And I was about to say, are we looking? I was thinking while I was listening to it, I was like, is it a classic just because it's Jay Z that we put in the classic on it, or is it a classic when you started saying it was one of his, his best seller albums? Are we just saying it? It's a classic because it's his best seller album. Mm-hmm. I think if that's the case, then I right, it's a classic. But if we go on for music and how we love music, I don't see it as a classic no more. Yeah, well, I think, and we'll get to that in a second, but. To me, I never want us to factor in how much an album sold. You know, that's never my mm-hmm. whole thing yeah, about whether yeah. or not. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the reaction to it plays into it a little bit, right? But, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't go strictly off of that, you know what I'm saying? Because it has, that has to be a part of a combination of factors or it determines whether or not it's a classic, right? Sometimes you have one that sells six, seven million records and... Yeah, that's one of the things that's there, but the other elements aren't there. Sometimes you have all the other elements there, but commercially it's not successful, but everything else is there, right? So I don't want us to go off of album sales because I've that's never been my barometer of the considering whether or not an album is a classic, because there's so many other factors at play as well. But when it came to this joint and this came out, I just remember like listening to volume one at the time I was a little disappointed in volume one because of the sound of it, right? The production, you could tell he was definitely trying to go kind of like half in a, in a direction of where he was sort of still staying in that reasonable doubt vein, but then kind of taking it to the next level because you had the songs on there, like a million and one questions and where I'm from and the streets is watching and the, you must love me. And those joints, but then you also had the City is Minds and Sunshines and Lucky Me and things like that that kind of made you feel like, uh, I don't understand really what he's trying to do here. Is he mm-hmm. playing the hustler route or is he playing the playboy route? I don't really understand which way he's going, right? And when this joint came out, I think that I understood what it was he was trying to do. And I think he was trying to assert what his identity was as a rapper and I think in this mm-hmm. album is the one where he definitely discovered it. I think also production-wise, he knew that if he was going to get to the next level, he also had to move on production-wise into a little bit of a different direction. And it needed to be something that would fit his style, but then not also not be pop or jiggy, right? So mm-hmm. you want something commercial, but you also want it to be able to fit your style. This is where you see him bringing in the Swiss Beats and the Timberlands and continuing to work with Irv Gotti and bringing in Rottweiler to come in to produce these tracks for him, right? So that's where you're getting the commercial sound from. You don't have much of in the way of DJ Premier does one track on here for him. Ski Beats has no tracks that he produces for him on this one. The first one they did, he didn't actually produce for him on this one. What you get, though, as a result of it is something that is commercially viable, but then also you hear the songs on there that you get back to Jay-Z at his core. At his core, he's a hustler, right? Like he talks about he's a hustler disguised as a rapper. And so with him, you get a lot of that here in some of the album cuts. Now, yeah, 
I'll have to give it to you. Listening to it, you kind of listen now. You're kind of like eh, some of the ones you're you're listening to some of the tracks. There are a couple on here that when I'm listening to it now, I'm just kind of like eh, I don't really know what we was thinking back then. But mm-hmm. going back in context, looking at it, what it was back then, it's like okay, now I can see why this joint did so well. I mean, let's just look at the singles, right? The singles with "Can I Get Up" was a huge hit during that time. Yeah. "Hard Knock Life" huge hit during that time. "Money Cash Holds" with DMX and then the remix that they did huge hit during that time. "Nigga What Nigga Who" with Jazzo on that joint with that Timberland beat huge hit during that time. We talking about four smash singles right there, all released probably in the course of about six months. And all these joints did well, right? They all had like up the charts. They all did well, right? That is the recipe for you to be able to sell 5 million records, right? And then when you get into the rest of the album cuts, you get into stuff like, obviously, now, It's All Right wasn't necessarily a single, but that was one that a lot of us knew about. We knew about Money Ain't a Thing because that was kind of like Kim and JD's record. You got the album cuts mm-hmm. like Coming of Age, the sequel, which is the sequel to what happened on Reasonable Doubt, the first joint that we ended up finding out about Bleak on, right? And then you got also a week ago featuring Too Short, which to me might be my sleeper pick for track of the album because of what he's talking about. And what Jay does, what he did in his early days, what I love that he did is he told these stories and it felt like you was almost in a movie, right? I felt that way <laughs> listening to him spit on a week ago talking about him and his mans, right? So... <laughs> that's when Jay gets into his pocket. This album, despite everything else that we talk about, listening to it, then it now, the differences in regards to whether we think it's good or not. This is the album that really made him a superstar. Like this is the album that prepared for him to get on that run when he got to the new millennium with volume three, rock, La familia, and then eventually blueprint that made him the biggest rapper in the game that made him undeniably a rapper. You had to take serious. If you're talking about the best of all time, that's really where it all started. It started with this album because without this, he may not be necessarily a huge star, right? If this album doesn't do as well, he said, yeah, and he also said that this was going to be, a, a, at one point in time, he was saying this was going to be his last album. But look what happens with this. This album hits, he then gets on the Hard Knock Life Tour, right? Uh, now, classic tour in hip-hop history. We talk about that Hard Knock Life Tour and all the acts that were on it. This helps to propel not only Rockefeller, but then their partnership with Def Jam, what also then happens in 1999, the Rough Riders have their tour. And so you have this collaboration between Rockefeller and Rough Riders riding into that summer of 1999 that makes the next three years about as big for both Jay-Z and DMX, who were definitely the linchpins of Def Jam during that time. And so uh-huh. it's the album that made him a superstar, regardless of what we think about with some of the tracks. And we're going to get into that next. But without that, this album is what made Jay-Z Jay-Z. It gave him the pathway in order to be able to cook for the next three years, which eventually set him up to be in the position where he's at right now, right? Because if this if it doesn't happen here on volume two, it might have never happened. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Highlights and lowlights. So we'll go into your highlights and lowlights, Damo. I know you spoke a little bit about them, but just, you know, I know you mentioned the singles, but other than the singles, do you have any other highlights on here? I mean, a week ago was a highlight. Mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs is a highlight. The lowlight for me 
it's like that kind of wasn't feeling that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand that Jay Z, Foxy Brown mm-hmm. kind of wasn't feeling that. Now. Mm, yeah. Back then, back then it was what it was. Now yeah. when you, I ain't gonna sleep on it like it wasn't worth what it was back then. But now listening to it now, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that ain't, that ain't it. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I can't remember if it if I should die or ride or die. One of them jokes was I was was I feeling either. I was like that's when I was like uh, it might have been if I should die. One of them too. I, I can't die, remember which one right like now. Yeah. But one it might be ride or die. Okay, got it. That was it, it. Might be ride or die. I'm like Ugh. I was telling my girl, I said, damn, that's when that's when it came to my mind. My second time around listening to it. Yeah. I was like, say, I think this album might be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but then. Nigga, what come on? Nigga, who the money can't hold a week ago? Cause I said, I said, I, right. I said, okay, now I can, I can kind of see why. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the thing is that you get into there's some pockets in this album that kind of makes you think like, mm, dog, I don't understand, right? I don't understand why this is here. Can I get up? Was definitely a bit of a change up. That was us mm-hmm. hearing Jay Z flow. Unlike most of the, we have never really heard him flow before. That beat, I mean was just crazy. I mean, it was by Irv Gotti, and this is Irv Gotti in his pocket at his best, and Irv Gotti has done some of his best work, not just with Murder, Ain't, but with Jay-Z, and to get Mm -hmm. a male on there and introduce her really to the world, and then also to have Ja Rule sort of set up to take that next step, which he would eventually become commercially over the next few years, it just all kind of worked. Hard Knock Life, man, look, when that sample dropped, (laughs) And then they run that sample from from Annie. And then the story about how that happened, right? How he was able to finesse that sample, Mark the 45 King, who produced that joint. It, Jay-Z writing a letter basically to the production company for the, for the, the movie and the play that he recounted. He wrote a letter to them saying that he had won an essay writing contest in the seventh grade and earned him a trip to Manhattan to catch a show on Broadway. And so it was a lie, but, you know, it, it, he ended up getting the clearance for it, right? And then... What it gave us was probably one of the best singles that we've had in the 90s, if not of all time. You know, I mean, honestly, this Can I Get It was cool, but Hard Knock Life is really what took the album over the top. (laughs) It really was the one that took the album over the top as far as success was. Then you get the Money Cash Hoes with DMX. At this point in time, like I said, Jay was big in 98. DMX was bigger. So when you had Jay on this joint by this crazy ass beat and then DMX comes in on that third verse just absolutely kills it. Right, fresh off of his debut album, which is a classic, right? And it just comes and kills it. It was a recipe for success. And then with Nigga What, Nigga Who, that's by Timbaland. And that was a crazy ass beat. And then again, a Jay-Z flow. He's switching it up once again. And then has, of course, going to give props to his mentor, the originator himself, Big Jazz. And had mm-hmm. Jazz on there, killing it on that joint. And I mean, what else do we have to say about that? I mean, the singles kind of speak for themselves. Getting into the album cuts, though, even listening to, like I said, Coming of Age, the sequel, having them tie back to the original and how things have moved on now. This whole thing they were talking about in the beginning, how Meth might be getting a little bit too big for his britches now. He's trying to take over the number one spot. And them sort of coming together at the end is understanding, like, yo, we still in this shit together, right? Then Reservoir Dogs. You know, great posse cut, obviously. I mean, yeah, we talk about sauce money, but this is, to me, really the first time that I heard Benny Siegel, I would have to say. I always thought that it was on The Roots and Adrenaline. This was really the first time that I heard Benny Siegel, and we got that first little taste of what it is that he could do. And hearing the locks on there as well, they're hot during that time as well. 
Uh, crazy ass beat by Eric Sermon and taking that theme from Shaft and looping that joint. Like, wow, okay. You get that, those type of vibes. A week ago, featuring Too Short, man. Oh, just the imagery in this song is crazy. To think about all the stuff he went through with his man. To talk about the fact that he out, his man's on the way home, and his man is talking about some, you thinking shit sweet because you home, and all this other stuff. Like, you know, hey, him might be actually supposedly snitching, supposedly doing this, him having to look for, look out for himself, whether or not his phone is tapped. All the things that I loved about that type of sort of hustler rap, gangster rap, and things when they told these stories that were just intricate stories. And that, to me, is just vintage Jay-Z, early Jay-Z and stuff that he did. When I get into some of the lowlights, um, I do have to agree with you on Ride or Die. This is just another, again, a bad boy, hitman thing. Stevie J's a great producer when it comes to some hip-hop stuff. Some of the stuff he does is good, and some of the stuff he does isn't that great. Timbo had a hit on here with Nigga What and Nigga Who. Paper Chase, though. With Foxy Brown, and then this is just, again, around a part of the time I think that Foxy had a nice little run between, like, 95 and 97, and it seemed like right around this time was when she started to go down a little bit, right? She had a little bit of dip during that second album than when it came out. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that joint at all. It's like that was okay. It really wasn't. I wouldn't say that's a low light. Uh, Money ain't a thing. To me, I've never seen that as a Jay-Z song. I've always seen that as a J.D. song and not a Jay-Z song, because... You know, it's Jermaine Dupree, and I always kind of knew it because it was on that JD album that came out in 98 as well. I mean, it's what it is. It's a commercial track. Some people like it. I don't necessarily like it all that great. You know what I'm saying? I understand you, the label, had some decisions to put stuff on an album, and that was probably a decision that was made. But, I mean, other than that, man, everything else, I mean, I think I'm pretty much okay with. Um, just not really a big fan of Ride or Die. Not really a big fan of Paper Chase. Uh, not a huge fan of It's Like That. If I Should Die, I think it's cool. I didn't necessarily like the Rangers on there. One of those things, like I'm kind of wondering where they came from in hindsight and <laughs> wondering why they were on this song and why it wasn't just Jay, you know, but production wise, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. Primo on the intro with handed down with meth bleak, killing it. Mark the 45 King hard not life is a classic Swiss beats. This really kind of got them and giving us a preview of what he would give us over the next few years. Timbo, Jay Runner, Rottweiler, Eric Sermon, you know, hey, good job. But all in all, though, for the bike, a, a pretty a lot of good highlights and a few lowlights that kind of give that album a little bit of pause when you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Notable quotables. So notable quotables, Damo. What do you have for your notable quotable on the album? <laughs> it's funny because you, you mentioned it like <laughs> three, four times. What's that? And it's from the Jay-Z Two Short Song. Okay. Growing up in the hood, just my dog and me. We used to hustle in the hood for all those problems I called on him. He called on me. He wasn't quite partners. I hit him off my keys. Let him unlock doors off my keys. Yeah, he spoke much more than cordially. When he broke bread with me, my business spread swiftly. The feds came to get me. We both laid quickly. Wasn't quick enough to jump over the hedges. Got caught. That's when our relationship strayed. And y'all know the rats he called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that whole that whole verse right there. Yeah. I, I was listening to Reservoir. I said, Nah, this the one right here. Mm-hmm. This is this is the my one of my favorite verses on the whole album right here. Yeah. 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 That actually was my notable quotable as well. Was that first verse? I knew, I knew, I knew and I had a feeling. That, I had a feeling that you would. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me laugh. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, but that's so. I had a backup just in case you picked that one because <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. But 
my other core notable quotables first verse of of coming of age, you know, mm-hmm. where Bleak and Jay kind of going yeah. back and forth. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I thought that too. Yeah, I, I I thought that one too. I said that could be one too. Yeah, yeah. With cocaine mm-hmm. wider now, operation is sweet. The whole game tighter now. Moving a brick a week. Plus a nigga prices down. We them niggas to see. Time to start a rising now. I don't know what's wrong with Bleak. It seems like I'm Keenan picking up on the vibe that he ain't too happy. I could see it in his eyes. I don't know if it's the chicks or how we dividing the loot. Time to pay his ass a visit before he decided to get cute. Jumped out like a star with the Flavius car. Master's Gator shirt softer than my next door neighbors. These young niggas thinking that I fell out the loop. Because last time that they seen me hooping out of the coop, I hopped out in the suit. Look at this nigga Jay, front trying to take my shine. I didn't say this verbally, just had some shit on my mind. Plus, I'm puffing like an ounce when I used to puff. Taking advice from these niggas, but they ain't used to stuff. They had me thinking, shit, I'm the one that moved the stuff. While he drive around town in his brand new coops and stuff. Swear to God, they had me practically hating his guts as he approached. I spoke, Jigga, what up? <laughs> it's It was perfect the way they set this up, you know? Because mm-hmm. everybody knows yeah. you mess around and get people that used to hustle. Every story, like every hood story we done seen about this, whether it's real or Hollywood, man. You always got one that's there, sort of like the teacher, and then the person he puts on the game. And after a couple of years, mm-hmm. what starts happening is that nigga start thinking he big and he could do it without him, right? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you sitting there looking and sort of like, the intricacies of what stuff happens in hustling that you even got to watch the ones that you think that got your back. Cause you never know who the fuck coming for you. So yeah, just again, the genius we talk about with Jay and starting to craft these, these songs, man, just like what we talk about from a week ago, these real life scenarios we talk about in the hood that we know very, very well when it comes to this hustling stuff. So that's to me is probably the genius of this album for real. Those two songs right there are prime examples of what our notable quotables were is that the shit that really resonated with us more than anything else because of the creativity that it brought. Final verdict. So Damo, what say you? I know you don't think this is probably a classic, but no, I know you don't know it's a cl- you don't think it's a classic, but do you think that it's a essential album, a, a dope album, a good album, just okay or worse than that? Um, I think it's a, it's a classic for its time. It's an essential album for Jay because, you know, we probably wouldn't even have the JV that we had now mm-hmm. if it wasn't for this album. Because from all reports was that, hey, Def Jam was about to drop them if this album didn't sell. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. definitely an essential album. And, you know, it's hits, it's, it's hits on it. It's cuts on it. It's yeah. just, it ain't what we thought it was. Yeah. Listening back to it now. And mm-hmm. he got albums that I go back and listen to, but oh, it's a classic. This is not one of the ones. Yeah. I'll say that it's essential as well. It is a few bad cuts away from there from probably being in the conversation for a classic. Not necessarily a classic, but in the conversation for being one of his classics. And it, it definitely is the one that made him a superstar. It is the one that when he got on the other side of this, by the time he dropped volume three, and to me, volume three is an album that's not even as good as this one. I think this sort of followed the same formula as volume three, but again, the hits were big and he was going into that time period where that three year period, he was the biggest rapper in the game, you know, and there was no denying how good he was and what influence he had on the game and how everybody else in the game also recognized it as well. And this is part of starting that whole process. Like he said, commonly he wants to rhyme like common sense, but he sold five mil and he rhymed like common sense. So that just goes to show the influence of what this album had on him. Cause when you see that those type of numbers, when your first album didn't really sell all that much, the second album kind of did a little bit of numbers, but nothing great. And you go from 1 million to 5 million. Yeah. <laughs> that does something to you. 
You know, when like he you said, you, when he tell you, he tell you on the album, you might have met. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe he lit a night to who he was gonna be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Right. You light a match. Light a match, and you blow the joint. I mean, what he say, man? I give you prophecy on my first joint. Y'all all named out. <laughs> y'all didn't appreciate it until the second one came out. <laughs> he was he was talking on that joint, man. So mm-hmm. I stretch the game out, extra name out, put Jigga on top, and drop albums nonstop for you, nigga. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, this one did it. This one that helped to make him him. And so when you talk about Jay-Z albums, you got to have a conversation about this one because this is the one that helped to make him a superstar and got him on one of the best runs that a rapper could have that time during hip-hop in the 90s. And if you had that type of run, you were definitely doing something. So so that's it, y'all. Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, 25 years old this week. Make sure y'all go check it out and hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think about it. What are some of your favorite tracks from this album? What are some of your favorite album cuts from this album? And do you agree with some of the low points here on the album? Do you think there were some things that could have been left out? And it was this, if not for a few of those low points, is this in the conversation to be a classic? Hit us up on social media. Let's talk and let's continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.